To the seen and not heard podcast the podcast that is your weekly dirty little secret which is fine by me as long as you keep it i'm melrose michaels your host and this is season three episode four we have a super special guest today he's not only a close friend of mine but he's also a top rated rising star in the adult industry i wanted to bring him on today because in one of our recent conversations he brought up the concept of imposter syndrome which is something I've dealt with my entire life. I just hadn't realized there was an actual name for it. It's kind of like when you have a panic attack and then someone explains to you that there's nothing wrong with you. You're just struggling with anxiety. This was a huge aha moment for me. And it made me wonder how many of you listening might be struggling with this feeling as well. So to help me explore and define this better, one of the realest fucking people I know, Saint Devera. Hello, Saint. Welcome to my podcast. This evening. Hi. It's good to have you. Good to be here. You're actually not only the first male influencer I've had, but you're also the first gay male influencer I've had on my podcast. Jack of all trades. Jack of all <laughs> trades. I don't know if that makes me just not progressive at all or that I just have very limited friends. Um, but yeah, I'm excited because I feel like you can offer a lot of insight that I haven't been able to give to the community. So I guess let's start with who you are, what your background is, how you ended up in this crazy place. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Saint. I'm pretty young. I'm 22, just started um, this past year, thanks to actually you for bringing me in, keeping me in line, showing me the ropes. And um, I used to do this I used to be in the industry a little bit when I was um, just turned 18 and uh, just wasn't the right choice at the time and then made the choice this year and it's been amazing ever since. Yeah. When you say it wasn't the right choice at the time, because this is something I talked to a lot of people about and we kind of talked about this also um, over lunch or dinner once, but I feel like looking back just as, you know, I was getting in the industry at 20, which is actually older than most. Um, I wish I would have waited to start. Like, I feel like the decisions I made and the boundaries I thought I had at 20 were so far off of what I really feel and care about now for myself. So I don't know. Do you feel like maybe the age of joining the industry should be a little bit older at all? Or do you, do you have no regrets? Yeah, no, I definitely, in my personal experience, for sure. I think that like a lot of people, you know, you turn 18 and you're, finally able to make your own decisions and do whatever you want with like no consequence Mm -hmm. and at 18 you're just freshly out of high school and you're still like kind of figuring it all out and you're you're not fully like you've not fully grasped an idea of even who you are yet and so for me like first starting out at 18 I just I think I just went into it just oh like I can do it and cool money like great like let's do it I'm on board and then um as time went on and and it was great I enjoyed it but after I decided to not do it um there was a lot of just things within me that just it didn't feel right and I felt like I'd made the wrong decision so that bred a lot of guilt and shame and whatever that came out of it um so I think that for for a lot of people I mean if you're 18 and you you know, know exactly what you want to do. And you're just, you're like, 
ready for it, then I think for sure, and obviously people have that choice, but I definitely think that it takes a little bit more time to to figure out whether or not, you know, you want to, you know, put it all out there and, and be be this huge, you know, this is a, a big deal to do. Yeah. So Yeah, it takes a very brave person, I would say, to yeah. be that vulnerable and that exposed. Um, you got started like I did. You got started in webcam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started camming first. How did you even find camp? This was when I was 18, so five years ago, I think now. And so that whole world was kind of still like, underground I would say like it wasn't like it wasn't super big or anything but I had always been like I was like chat roulette and omegle which is like throwback like (laughs) like wanted to talk to like random strangers online for no reason um and then and then one day I think I just like it just came up on my screen well it didn't just come up on my screen but I know what you were watching (laughs) right yeah one day just like add here add here and I heard of um chatterbait which was like, everybody was so versed on chat roulette. And so it was kind of like play on words. And I was like, oh, what's this? Like click it. I'm looking at all these like hot guys and girls just like going at it. And um, yeah, and then I I was like, well, like I like to be sexy, like I can do this. So that's how I started it. It was literally like that kind of decision, just quick decision, just leaped into it. Yeah. Mine was kind of the same because I found out girls were leaving go-go dancing, which is what I was doing on the weekend. Mm. Um, and I didn't know what they were doing. And when I finally figured out what they were doing, someone finally told me, I was like, well, I can do that. Like, how come I can't do that? You know, yeah. it was a very, like, there wasn't a lot of thought process that went into it. It's like, I've always liked to be sexy. I'm confident with that part of my, you know, sexuality. And also like, I think for me personally, cause in high school and stuff, I'm, I'm like sexually I was not a very I was kind of a prude person so mm. I was getting called a slut and a whore anyways so I was like well I might as well actually go do the thing then like <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of made sense like well they're gonna judge you if you do they're gonna judge you if you don't so the fuck do I care might as well yeah definitely but there was a turning point and I do remember this I don't know if I've ever talked about this publicly before but for me personally like the first week I cammed which I started on my free cams um the first week like I crushed it I made I think it was like around seven grand the first very first week in the industry which was just me like okay if I apply my normal work ethic like eight hours a day to this how great can I do and and that's what the result was but after the first week of camming I already found myself recorded on a tube site and someone had sent me the Mm -hmm. link like I think it was a fan had sent me the link of course a fan (laughs) send you like here you go just so you know (laughs) yeah just so you know I'm looking at you without paying um yeah so they sent me the link and I was like I think I logged off cam I, th- I want to say I logged off cam and I cried because I was so devastated and it's not like I was going to do this in secret it wasn't anything like that like I, f- I look at porn the same way I feel like you can't be half pregnant like you can't half do it you gotta mm-hmm. do it or not For do sure. it. um but I remember thinking like okay I am an object in the space and if it's going to end up, I'm posted all over tube sites or I'm doing, you know, people are going to steal the content and I have no control over it realistically, then I need to really do this. Like I need to make it worth my while because it's out there and it's going to be out there. And Mm -hmm. I think that that was a turning point for me. That was when I was like, okay, I need to really buckle down and cash in on this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Cause if it's going to like, like you said, if it's going to be out there, especially if it's going to be out there where you're not making money from it it's like then I'm I should really be making money from it and yeah. like really get serious about it and I think that that's like a 
a good point for a lot of people that are thinking about it or or been sitting on it is that like you said it's just like go in or not like you you have to do it or not do it if you have to do it you're gonna you're gonna breed a lot of like it's just gonna it's not gonna make sense in your brain like how it yeah like yeah it'll haunt you you know like there's just and also too with it being you know now I feel like people are coming around to it but like sex work is work Mm -hmm. like when you really like make it a job and work and and hone in on that um then you're able to fully grasp the idea of what you're doing and and be okay with it be comfortable with it Mm -hmm. so I think that that's really important for a lot of people I think a mistake I almost made too when I first started was like when I first started, I don't know, maybe the first five years, I'd gone to like maybe three conventions, like expos mm. and stuff with a couple like cam girlfriends or whatever. But I feel like if I would have gotten more involved in the community instead of avoiding it, even mm. though I was like all out there online, I was avoiding the community in general just because like, I, you know me, I'm not really a go out person. Like yeah. <laughs> I like to like work and yeah. stay in my lane and, you know, and I also, I felt like when I started cam, I didn't associate it with porn. Like, Mm. I know other people looked at it that way, but for me, it was just like live streaming on Instagram. Like you're building a community and you have these fans and yeah, you get naked and you do that thing, but that's maybe what five minutes out of the three, four hours you're online. It's like nothing. So I think that yeah. when I finally got involved in the community, I got a lot more support, which I, I have some like with my family and friends, but having community support helped a lot with not having that haunted, trapped, scary feeling. Yeah. Yeah, having those people around you to be able to like, just make sure that you like they kind of reaffirm that you're on the right path and not like break down the path that you're trying to go on to because that's a lot of back and forth too. Because if you don't have people surrounding you that are like hyping you up telling you like what you're doing is good and good for your life and they see like the direction, then that also is gonna, you know, really, really mess with your head. So luckily, I mean, that's great for you. And also for me too, like I've had great support ever since I started. I was a little apprehensive when I first started, um, even though I had already done it, I was kind of like scared that it was going to happen all over again. And I was going to like get in and then like feel some type of way about it and then be all sad about it and get depressed and like feel shame again. And it was like, it was this like just playing over and over in my head. And um, yeah, I made the decision and literally I have not, had one single regret or had anybody like from the outside not support me and I'm sure that there are people that don't either care for it or don't want to talk to me about it or you know whatever the case is and I'm cool with that too like if we don't we don't have to sit down every every time I see you it doesn't have to be like oh and this is what I do yeah. <laughs> how, you know this is what we're about like it doesn't have to be like that but um, you know, and, and I think that that's a luxury too for for me personally, like not everybody has that um, behind them, uh, but it definitely is if you can tap into that and find people that that really care about your success and care about your well-being and care about, you know, care about you caring about where you're going, yeah. you know, like I think that's so important for people and we need more of that. Oh, for sure. It's, it's funny because right now is like a time where sex work has almost become trendy which has not been the case for, you know, the entirety of what sex work is. But now it's like, you know, people are creating fan sites and doing their own thing. And it's like any Instagrammer can have a fan site and that's not strange all of a sudden. 
So yeah. it's almost weird. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that yet because like as someone who does consider herself a sex worker and does has had almost a decade in this industry before it became cool to do, mm-hmm. I almost feel like, well, like they're not paying homage to the people that paved the way to make this possible. Yeah. And there's a whole history there, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. Yeah. I mean, even on the, even on the like gay side or the LGBT side, um, like there's definitely an influx. I mean, yeah. the big running joke of quarantine was like, oh, like don't got a job, gonna start an OnlyFans. Yeah. Like, you know, like, <laughs> do it. And like, it's definitely, I mean, and even for speaking for me, you know, I, I'm new, I'm super new. And even though I did it before, I would not consider myself seasoned at all. Um, but me coming into it, like, I think there's a difference between respecting the work and just doing it because you know that it's, you know, good money or you know that you, you know that you can do it. And like, I mean, there's so many people out there that are like literally just hopped on and we're like, okay, well, we're, I'm going to just do this for a second and then hop off and then be like, okay, bye. Like, don't care about y'all. And, and then we'll proceed to probably talk shit about it yeah. too. And so I totally get that. You're, you're so right with the Instagram like thing. It's now anybody can do it and sign up for it. And then it's, there's not so much, it's still definitely stigma, but there's people that are just like, it's like an addition to what they do. It's yeah. not really what they do. It's not their bread and butter. And I guess like, and I see the plus side of it too, because I think it's very cool that this is becoming a more mainstream space because that's that's going to open up doors for us. You know, that's yeah. going to up brands that don't mind having an influencer who's an adult. Like Fashion Nova is a big one that I've, I'm really impressed by because they're taking yeah. their line and letting us rock it on social and make them sales, which should have always been available to us and it wasn't. So like there's crossover that I find very positive, but then I think it's just because I was part of that, you know, road before it was cool to do. And when it was like, ew, her, you know, she does this thing. Yeah. It's kind of a little salty about it, but yeah. I'm a little better. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little but better. hey, at least, at least though you're doing it and like you're, like you're miles away from anybody that would be just like starting to get into it. It doesn't you know? feel like that, you know, and this is something I want to talk to you about too, because so it's perfect timing that you brought that up because when we were having lunch not long ago, you had brought up something called imposter syndrome. Um, and that really mm-hmm. hit home with me because it's something I struggle with all the time. Even now, I definitely don't feel like I have it under control whatsoever. Um, yeah. so- the playback in my head is like that you're full of shit like you're not doing anything like constantly like that's the back the feedback loop I'm on always and I don't know maybe it's positive because it drives me to do so many things but at the same time I have no source of like satisf- satisfaction or achievement ever yeah yeah that's that's the crazy thing about imposter syndrome so for people that don't know imposter syndrome and I'm not super like well versed in it either but just the basics of it is that you're pretty much like the like your biggest fear is you could be exposed at any time and you could like exposed in a way that you are you're not who you say you are kind Mm -hmm. of thing and um, a lot of people a lot of people deal with that and I think it's a, a normal thing to definitely feel but that's the thing with it is like in your case you know like I see like so much of what you do and how hard you work and what you you put into what you put into and like it's tough though because I don't know I dealt with it a lot like when I was younger probably 
I don't know when like the flip switched when I like wasn't feeling it anymore. Sometimes I still do feel it, but um, I, I don't know. I dealt with it a lot. Just like, I also, when I was younger, kind of like always felt like I was going through an identity crisis. Yeah. Like I would be something, whether it be like super cutesy, like wearing pink all the time, like super gay, like flamboyant. And then I would switch to like, super dark emo like just like all black like and then I look back at that pink and I'm like wait was that me or was that not me and like is somebody going to like look back at that pink and be like well that was not you because now you're black Mm -hmm. like now you're like rocking all this dark like energy and so I went through that up until maybe like it's pretty soon maybe like within the past four years oh wow I'd say um like I've got it a little bit under control, but I dealt with that a lot, like especially in high school and stuff. I just, I just never felt like I, I guess I never felt like I fit in anywhere. Yeah. And so I was like doing everything, but not doing anything. Yeah. I don't know, it, it, well, I it's that. weird. I get that. And that's like, and I felt the same things. Like I felt like I didn't feel, I didn't fit in high school, even though maybe to other people's perspective, it looked like I did, like I was, you know, on the dance team or whatever, but like, for me personally, like I have a couple close friends and everyone else is just these acquaintances kind of moving around in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't feel like I fit in well with anyone. I don't have like a clique of friends I can go out with at any given time. I, I've found fitting in is very hard for me. Like I don't get comfortable there. I, I don't yeah. have that. And I can relate to even just like the fashion choice things. Like sometimes when, when we were in LA, for example, and you were like, you should wear this like this. And I was like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I don't think I am that person. Like I want to be, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you even combat that. Because like I said, like I, I can sit here and make claims like, yeah, because I have been there and I do feel those things, but I'm still so much in the thick of it. Like a hundred percent in the thick of it. Yeah. And I think, for me like i don't i don't really know like what fit flip the switch but i think like small things like when when you do put something out there especially with social media i think social media just in general like fuels the imposter syndrome for everybody like this is this is not like a centralized thing like, i mean it's not like a super um small thing like i think a lot of people yeah. nowadays feel this um but i think within social media it's like I used to, I don't know, I used to post things and not really like be behind them, I guess. Mm -hmm. And like, I would, and I think like switching that and be like, when I post something, finding that real, I guess, value in it, what I see the value in it. Yeah. um, Like that kind of like things like that. Cause I would post or like even like, it's funny now I'm kind of doing what I used to want to do. Yeah. Um, but I, in my head, I thought I was doing it, but I wasn't actually doing it. And I was also a kid. So I was like 16 years old, like trying to be some, somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was like going to class, you know, <laughs> just like, it's funny, but, um, I don't know. I think like small things that you can kind of, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain the imposter syndrome. It is. And like, and I, I know, like, I know myself and I know my values. So like when it comes to like, yeah things that are really matter to me, like going on in the world right now when it comes to politics or Black Lives Matter. Like, I know how I feel about those things. I have no problem being vocal about things like that. It's more like I struggle with, like, I, like now I'll have smaller models ask me for tips on success and stuff. I have no problem giving advice all day long. 
even just to like listen to the beginning, like very first couple episodes of my podcast, which talks completely about my experience getting in the industry. But at the same time, as I'm giving the advice, I feel like, who am I to be like mm-hmm. <laughs> advising someone's yeah. career? Like what? Yeah, maybe, maybe in your case though too, like it, maybe it's like not even an imposter syndrome. Going back to kind of what you said about kind of like how it fuels you to do more kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's just maybe, um, I don't know. It's like knowledge is power, right? So it's like you ha- you have knowledge. Everybody has their own concept of knowledge. And so what you, you know, give to new models that may reach out to you for success tips, it's like maybe it's a sense of like, this is what works for me. I don't know if it's going to work for you, yeah. Yeah. but it is what works for me. And this is like how I did it. Um, and maybe that it's like that kind of almost – fear of it like them rolling with that knowledge and it not working for them um but that's that's the beauty of personal experience you know like what your experience has been like in the industry is you know very different from mine or from you know a seasoned 25 year you know porn star that's season 25 now (laughs) (laughs) okay okay (laughs) but um i think that like everybody's personal experience, you know, develops over time and, and like finding, you got to find what works for you and what makes you feel like is going to catapult you Mm -hmm. because what works for somebody isn't going to work for somebody else. And that's, what's so important about within the industry is like finding your niche and your brand and who you're, who you're talking to. Cause I mean, the glitz and the glam of it all is there. It will always be there, but like, there, there are actual people on the other side of the screen that, you know, admire and support and love you. And so finding, finding that like specific, finding where you're at with your, with your brand and yourself um, helps all that for sure. But I think you, you do a great job, girl. Like you've got, you've got a brand. She's got, I got, I got a lot of help behind the scenes. That's for it. Um, but no, I, I think into what you said right now about like remembering that there's someone on the other side of the screen. I think that is something that's so lost on our mm. culture right now because of social media. Like when it was me on cam and I'm talking to a fan in direct message, it was very, I had a very strong awareness that this is a person they think and feel things because I have an actual like not relationship, but like a community with them. Like they're texting or messaging me on DMs on cam about like, you know, their uncle who's sick or someone who just passed away or what yeah. what's going on at work. So like, I feel an intimate connection to this person and I realize it's a person. I had that awareness of the situation, but when it comes to social media, a follower count is a number and that gets so lost, so easy to like, I don't know how to build an intimate relationship with 300,000 people. I yeah. don't know how to have that community, you know? Yeah. And I think too, that's where something that I've been kind of thinking about lately is too, is like the whole follower, especially within the industry, follower uh, account versus your actual fan account. Like, yeah. how, like your fans that like, I have fans that talk, like message me every day, or maybe we haven't broke the bridge of like any kind of like deep connection but there's still that kind of like back and forth with the followers. No, there's like no way. Cause it's just, and then, and, and also too on Instagram, it's just straight praise all the time. It's yeah. like, there's, it's almost hard to start a, start a deep connection from praise. Cause all you can kind of say is thank you. Or yeah. like, 
you know, or, but it's nice when, I think it's nice when fans also take a step back from it too on their part and see us as people and not just, just as just the image or just the video. Cause once they do that, then they're having a conversation. And I think those are like really, really special fans and people that, that, in their brain, they're, they want to have a conversation with you. Even if that conversation is like, what'd you eat today? Or like, yeah. you know, like, how are you doing today? Something simple. Um, I think, yeah, that kind of direction is really nice. You're, it's, it's true what you're saying about the whole praise thing too, because even when like, like, for example, I was recently looking for an illustrator to work with to like make like maybe stickers or something like that. Um, or even to use for like my little profile. Yeah. And uh, with the yeah. illustrator, like I reached out and I, I still hope to work with them. I hope this, you know, comes together, but they were praising me as like, I'm such a fan. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh no, like, that's great. <laughs> and I appreciate that. And I yeah. respect what I do, but like, I want like a actual like relationship, like a business relationship mm-hmm. where we can, I can help promote your craft and your, you know, your artwork and yeah. then in turn, it'll benefit, you know, my brand. But it's hard because it's like, oh, I'm such a fan. And this wasn't the case. He wasn't, like, praising me that much. We had a conversation. It was fine. But, like, I've had that encounter with actual fans so many times where it's, like, I'm trying to achieve something or give you information or maybe ask you for something. um, And I can't get past the, like, I love you so much. You're the best. I I love your content. But I'm like, thank you, but I'm a human. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I know I've had that experience. And that's hard. Because it's like, you can't, you don't want to be rude. You really care about these people because this is your fan base. This is what makes yeah. literally all of this possible. Yeah. Um, but then like, how do you establish any real connection when you can't get past the superficial, you know, brand or name or existence yeah. or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like in my case too, like kind of stepping away from just the industry for a second, within my life, <clears throat> like friends who have also become business partners in a sense too. Um, that was like kind of learning curves too. It's like when you, again, like we have conversations all, all the time about mixing business with pleasure. And within this industry, that that line is super thin. I mean, it's super thin. So when you find, it's kind of that learning curve of finding the times and places when like it's business and it's pleasure. And like for friends of mine, I've been lucky enough to work with some really, really awesome people um, you know, I'm like super into the music scene, EDM music and EDM fashion and stuff like that. And um, it's been cool to see the transition of like meeting somebody and then seeing what they're about and then finding like how we mesh well together yeah. and how to like build each other up, not only even in business, but just in life too, like just on a personal level, like how we build each other's uh, mindsets up and like our our tools and our resources and it goes back to like everything being connected it's like once you make once you make act- an actual connection that person has tons of connections that are connected to you through yeah. that person which is so wordy but like oh, that's totally right and like I know what you're talking about a little bit because like I'm aware of the brand and the shuffling and all the cool things mm-hmm. that you're a part of and the people you know yeah. Um, like even us, us collaborating on stuff has led me to work with some of your brands and like yeah. me involved. So it's like, it's definitely like, I, I hate when people say it's not about who you know, cause it's totally about who you know. Totally. Like, 
mm-hmm. relationships rule the world. Yeah, as long as you're not like solely focused on yes. who you know. If you're not like clout chasing or like <laughs> whatever for your own ulterior motives, that's a different story. But no, connections and relationships are everything in any business, like yeah. bar none, I would say. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's wild. And did you ever think that you would end up here? Like when you look back at like as a kid, like what you're, when I grow up, I want to be this. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny that you bring that up. I like saw a meme today <laughs> that was like, just exactly what you said. It was like me in bed, like dreaming of being an astronaut. And then me now, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, uh, that's a good question. I don't know if it's, if, if it's where I saw myself, but it's definitely everything that I'm feeling in my life in regards to emotion and like, and like, yeah, like all that, like emotion, connection, like those really like deep core values. Yeah. I, this is where I, I've seen my life. Like I, I'm filled with love. I have amazing friends. I, I live an amazing life. I am able to, I guess, I guess to sum it all up, it's like when you grow up, you imagine being able to do what you want and whatever that looks like. That freedom. I feel like I've at least building starting the building blocks for a life where I can do what I want and I can go where I want and all within reason you know I always say like all the time to people uh, when it comes to financial stuff it's like you have to find your sweet spot where like within your means you know everybody wants the big house and the big bends and the the glitz and the glam and you can have that but it's it's finding where that fits into your life and for a lot of people, the majority, the 99% of people, um, we don't have that luxury of every single day waking up and having a butler service breakfast and being able to hop on a jet and go to Maui. You know, like, that's just not reality. And I think this is a message to newer models starting in that sees that glitz and glam. Um, like, that's that's as long as you can wrap your head around that where like what's important to your life and the small things that are important to your life, you will have that in whatever way that works for your life. Yeah. You know, like celebrity culture is not reality. It's never been reality. Um, I think we're starting to wake up from that now. I think people are starting to see, especially now with all the like celebrities getting exposed, <laughs> like, all, <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Um, I think that people are starting to wake up to, um, I think for a long time, people look to that, especially with um, the Kardashians and like keeping up with the Kardashians. You see that and you're seeing it on a daily because they're, they've been on the air for what, ten, fifty. I don't even know how long now. But for a long time, people looked at that for their lifestyle and what they wanted to achieve. And I think in the past, I'd say two years, three years, I have felt personally a lot of people waking up to what their term of success looks like yeah. and what that means for their life. Yeah. And so um, I think that's important for, for people, maybe not even just in general with the industry, just in general, like finding within your means, what makes you happy, what can bring you, you know, if it's a right. apple in the morning, a glass of water in the morning to start, it's all like the small choices yeah. that you make every day that catapults you into getting that bends one day, you know, fly to Maui, like, you know. Very true. It's like, I was actually just writing about this, um, but something I felt, cause when I was living in Chicago, or where, where you live, in our little no, nothing town, um, yeah. I don't need to mention it, um, but no, when I lived in that area, I felt very competitive, and I think it's because I was by a big city, like, success is a, is a car you drive, or a house you have, or yeah. you 
the friends you hang out with or whatever. But when I was there, I felt a lot more compelled to like, my friend got a new designer bag. Now I need to get a new designer bag, you know, mm -hmm. whatever that was. Yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then I think with me and my husband making the jump to living here where it's not that competitive nature, everyone's literally like very simple. You have your farm, you have your acreage, you pass it to your kid, you have a legacy. Mm -hmm. um, that change of pace has been so good for me and so meaningful. Cause it's like, I do now because of my association with Vincentra, I do get to like, well, when there's not a pandemic travel for work and like do all these yeah. crazy fun things, which are things I would not have come by on my own account or my own merit at this point in my career. Um, but then I get to go home to this peaceful sanctuary, which is my version of success. Because for me, it's yeah. having a property paid off and having a house built that's paid off and not having this overhead, you know, bills and like, yeah all of the other thing like jet setting to Bali or like doing all this crazy stuff that yeah it looks great maybe I'll get to do that one day but my version of success is having no debt having no credit card payments you know being able to take care of people I love if they need something like that's my version of success and I don't I haven't bought a designer bag since I don't see a point yeah. it sees me at Walmart so <laughs> I was literally just at um lunch the other day and our waitress was like complimenting my bag and I was like yeah cute love it like you should get one like if you want it you should get it and she's like what am I gonna get a bag for walk around the, walk around my house with my bag and like, <laughs> I'm like that's true girl that's facts right there yeah. it's a different world we live in and actually speaking on that just to touch on it a little bit I think for anybody listening right now that um is kind of what I call like sucked into zombie shopping um and stuff like especially right now like that brings up a huge point of just literally you should be taking this time to save as much money as possible, put as much money, like if you're not spending it by going, you know, we, I was spending an average a hundred dollars a night when I went to the bar or club on average. And that's just for one person. Like yeah. that's insane to me now. Like I, and I was doing that two or three times a week. Mm -hmm. So just to think about like, financially speaking, where, like, what's different, um, what came out of the pandemic for me, I've just completely had a 180 when it comes to my relationship with money. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think that happens for a lot of uh, sex workers and people in the industry is like, once you get in, you start seeing like the big bucks, mm -hmm. um, you're way more understanding of like, that you don't need, like, you're not going to make $3,000 and you're going to spend it on a trip, like automatically. So um, it's super important right now to be able to save money and also work, like work on whatever, creatively speaking, whatever you want to do. You have all this time, might as well do something with it. Yeah. The, the thing with money though, because like when I first got in the industry, I was, I mean, 20, I guess is not that young, but when I was 20, like my relationship with money was, I come from a very poor background. I never had money before. So like to get that $7,000 check, that's the most money I've ever held at one time in my hand. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. So for me then, like I was, I blew through all of my money. Like I, everyone got iPads for Christmas. Like I just yeah. like, gave it all away basically. Um, yeah. But now as an adult, like my relationship with money has changed a lot. And in the pandemic, it hasn't shifted so much because I was already very frugal. Like I, I do well now for my lifestyle, especially because I live so small. I live in an area that's pretty low income. Yeah. Everything I own is very cheap. Like even when we did have nice cars, they were damaged cars that my husband bought from auction and repaired. So they weren't, mm -hmm. you know, these ex like super expensive right. or anything. They were like $6,000 cars. Mm -hmm. But 
being in the pandemic has definitely allowed me to save money, has definitely allowed me to kind of reorganize my bills and my situation, pay things off, you know, take those correct steps to put me where I want to be long-term. But I also yeah. don't know if that's going to shift when things are normal again. Like if I'm going on planes and I'm going to conventions and I'm doing those things, then you're going to eat out. You're going to go to the bar for drinks. You're going to hang out with coworkers. Like, yeah. so some of that's going to be unavoidable, but I just think what you're saying specifically, like living within your means is such a, like a setup for the, your future. Like if you start trying yeah. to live, like you've already made it, you're never going to make it. And it's, yeah. it's just the fact. Like, it's yeah, I think it was, uh, I think it was Gary V who I know that you're like, you're really in, <laughs> Yeah, I think it was him who said, don't, don't go poor trying to look rich. Yes. And so um, that's why I like, you know, a, a quick flex every once in a while is real cute. You know, when you want to like, you know, I got it. You know, like <laughs> when you get things, you, you, it's our natural nature to sh show them off, tell people about it. You know, we, we, we would talk about ourselves all day if we probably could. Well, at least I would, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, like, a quick flex and a quick, you know, like, oh, I got it, just to remind yourself of the hard work that you've, you've yeah. done is great. But if you're a, a continuously trying to portray, um, you know, this, this lifestyle that's not really aligned with, the, with who you are or what you're about or what you do, actually, um, you know, that's going to that's gonna bite you right back. And then it's going to, again, you're going to go poor trying to look rich. And um, people who really know you too, I feel like, because they're going to be like, mm -hmm. they're going to be like, that's not you. Like, why are you lying? Yeah. yeah. But you can't come to my birthday because you got no money. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know those types. I know those types. Yeah. It's crazy, but it's been a wild ride. Do you feel like since you've been in the industry this time around, and I know you said you were a lot more comfortable and a lot more at ease with everything, but did you realize it was the amount of work that it was going to be compared to like last time just doing cam and now you're doing like a fan site and all these other things? No, I didn't originally. There was a point where I, I really tapped into it and fully kind of understood um, the workflow of it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for a lot of people, they get into it and they just think it's real easy, wake up, you know, take a couple pictures and post them. Yeah. And, and, and it, it is that. I mean, it, it's that. A, that's part a, of it. <laughs> first step. Yeah. First step. Um, that's the first step. And, but there's so much more, more uh, to it. And also too, what I think a lot of people need to either remember or realize or just know is that the more you do and the more you set up for it, it's, it comes back. Like what goes around comes around. So if you're waking up and you have your day planned out, like, okay, wake up, get everything personally done, you know, take a shower, like it starts uh, baby steps. And then going from there, you know, take your content, post that content, engage with your fans. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, I, I know some people that will post the picture and then leave it up and then all their fans or followers or whatever are commenting, 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 trying to, you know, engage. And then that person does not engage back. If you don't engage with your fans, your fans are going to give up on you. Like they're, they, there, there's a real big important, like there should be um, important placed on engagement um, more so than, than ever because it's, it's important to talk to, you're not just doing this for no reason. Yeah. So stuff like that, like the more work that you put into it, um, 
and you can always and always learn more too even for people that have been you know doing this and and being successful it's like if you just dedicate a day to like doing research on something new that you know the internet is always changing the internet is all it, it literally moves so fast i was just having a conversation about how fast the internet moves if you are not constantly investing in yourself then it's you're gonna plateau and you're not gonna know where to go from there until you make the decision to so instead of to like curb all that and to not even deal with that, just constantly invest in yourself, constantly yeah. invest in yourself. And then you're never gonna plateau and then be confused about like the direction. Yeah, so with the internet moving fast thing, like the when that really hit me was when I was doing webcam in my early years, because I would notice like, okay, I'm gonna take two days offline and I'll come back and be fine. But those two weeks and cyber time is like, it's like two weeks. Those yeah. two weeks. So like my fans have already moved on, fallen in love with the next girl and paid her all their money. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, shoot. Okay. I guess no days off. Like, yeah. And actually that kind of like ties in back to you with like the influx of people too, yeah. because there's always going to be somebody new signing up literally while every moment that we're speaking, there's somebody new signing up. Like you said, two days is two weeks. Like for me, I was off for a while. Like I want to, it sounds so bad, but I was almost off for like a month, like just not doing like a year now. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But like I've been, I've been um, just like, I, there was a period of time where I was not putting anything into my work um, and not really just nurturing it. And like one month in internet time is, is pretty much like, oh yeah. yeah, it's a long time. So I definitely felt the effects of that when I came back on, I was like, it's like, wow, I've been gone for so long. There's all these people that are just like still writing for me thankfully yeah. but like just taking that time off like I mean of course there's you know self-care is important take take time when you need time and you know rest and nurture yourself when you need it but also too don't you know it's very easy to take a break and that break turn into a hiatus yeah for sure it's a discipline thing which I feel like just as yeah. we're, we're not super strong about it. as Americans I feel like we're not super strong about it mm -hmm. um but when it comes to like work and workflow because it is the internet, because it just does move fast, because you do have to like really engage with your fans to keep them interested in you, that that ship can sail away from you real fast. And when your fans, particularly when it comes to the engagement conversation, if you don't foster that there and some other girl does comment back to them or mm -hmm. does give them that tiny little, you know, hint of attention. Opportunities. That, yeah, the opportunity to engage with them that they wanted from you. Now you've lost that person who, who could have been, you know, a real asset to your fan base, who could have been a real yeah. asset to your career. What if that was the guy that was going to order the next custom video or, you know, mm -hmm. something huge like that. So and not even about money, but just an engaging fan. Like my Twitter was so dead for a while because I wasn't engaging. Literally, I, you know, jump ship. I was focused on something else and that got away from me. And when I started engaging back with fans and then got these conversations started, now I have someone, you know, a uh, woman crush Wednesday goes out to me or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And like, or even the voting, like the Xmas competition thing right now, that competition, whatever fan voting. So like mm -hmm. now I have people that are willingly going out of their way to vote for me for this thing every day, which I wouldn't have had if I just stayed out of engagement, you know? Yeah. So powerful, so powerful. Um, okay, well, we should probably wrap this up, but is there anything you want to promote so all of these lovely listeners can come follow you and find you everywhere? Yes, um, so I'm on pretty much every platform, Instagram and Twitter, St. Devera. 
Um, I am on Fancentro, uh, fancentro.com slash Saint Sinner. So definitely check that out. I have tons of stuff on my feed. I have clips. Um, I'm working on uploading more clips. And then other than that, I've been trying to potentially get back into camming a little bit, just as a little hello there, hello there. Do a little, do a, do a little live vibes. So we'll see where that goes. But um, yeah, you guys can find me, St. Devera, on Instagram, Twitter. Awesome. Thank you for hanging out with me today. I really yeah. I feel like we got into some deep stuff, which is exactly what the kind of yes. conversation I love to have. So see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Imposter syndrome can come in many different forms, and it can affect different people differently. For me, I didn't struggle much with any fear of being exposed in my career or by myself because I live a very open, vulnerable life. However, I do constantly feel like a fraud in the sense that who am I to have a podcast? Who am I to have a vlog? I'm not really anyone special and I'm not entirely sure why people take interest in me. I'm not sure I'll ever understand that though, or come to terms with the concept. What I do know is that I'm going to keep putting myself out there, filming and creating and talking to you, as long as you'll listen. I'm Melrose Michaels, and this has been Season 3, Episode 4 of the Seen and Not Heard Podcast. Huge thank you this week to Saint Devera. Not only is he a powerhouse influencer, but he's a powerhouse person. You are the ultimate hype man, and people become better and bigger and more confident versions of themselves just by being in your aura. It's a unique superpower you have, and I'm so grateful to constantly be on the receiving end of it. Want to be an individual sponsor of the podcast? All you have to do is go to anchor.fm forward slash Melrose and click support the podcast to donate whatever amount per month to help fund more episodes like today's. Next week on the Seen and Not Heard podcast. I'm actually very rarely that confident person you see on social media. It's actually taken me a lot of mental and physical work to find ways to love myself. I think it's actually why I am an overachiever and why praise affects me so deeply. Not because I'm looking for others to love me, but because I'm still learning how to love myself.